So today, as part of our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Tim Draper. So Tim is an American venture capital investor and founder of Draper Future Jefferson, Draper University, Draper Venture Networks, Draper Associates. Uh, his most prominent investments include Baidu, Hotmail, Skype, Tesla, SpaceX, Angelist, uh, Coinbase, um, just to name a few. So Tim, welcome to the show. Great, Julian. Thanks for having me. Great. So, uh, Tim, thank you for being here. So, what I want to talk to you about today was first, you know, talk about your background a little bit, and then we'll talk about your take on the crypto and NFT space. How does it sound? <clears throat> Terrific. Sounds great. How far back do you want to go on my background? Oh, I mean, I know you got a long history in, in venture capitalism in your family, right? So, uh, maybe we can start with your, maybe your 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 father. Maybe as, as a starting sure, point. Right. Well, go. my grandfather was the first Silicon Valley venture capitalist. My father was a great pioneer in venture capital. Yeah. Um, I got to see what he did, and that was always helpful. And uh, then he went off to work in, um, he was the chairman of the Export-Import Bank of the United States. And yeah. then he was the administrator of UNDP. Um, and so there was a, a big hole left there when he left the venture business and I was uh, able to come in and, and start filling it. I, I um, took over a, a small fund uh, that had some private companies in it. And then I was able to borrow money from the SBIC program. Yeah. Uh, I borrowed 6 million against a $2 million value. Mm. And that six million helped me build my record, and it looked pretty bad after three years. It looked like they were going to call my loan. Oh, okay. uh, but after four or five years, I, I, they put my picture up on the wall as venture capitalist of the year, and that's kind of the yeah. nature of venture capital. Sometimes, sometimes things are going very well, and sometimes not so well. Yeah, I mean, I, and I mean, you're, you're obviously your your family. You know, you've got a long history, but you have to prove yourself, right? Yeah, and um, my son, both my sons and one of my daughters are all venture capitalists now too. Yeah, so I we do have know. A, yeah. mm -hmm. we have four generations of venture capitalists. That's great. And do you feel like it's getting harder and harder to invest in startup these days, or no? No, it just evolves. Um, when I started venture capital, I I would go around to new developments, new real estate developments. And they would say, you know, and it would be um, companies, something software or something, uh, you know, X, they used to have an X at the end if they were tech company. And I would knock on doors to see who was looking for money. Huh. Um, that has changed significantly. And, uh, and part of our success has come because um, we have become masters of deal flow. Uh, yep. And I think getting, if you can set up a system for deal flow that uh, is a constant uh, generator of new ideas, new businesses, new entrepreneurs, then uh, you can become a successful venture capitalist. And we have, um, we have an unparalleled deal flow. And it comes from Draper University, which was, uh, I started to train entrepreneurs from yeah, I've been the there word before, go. Yeah. 
and we've had about 3,000 students through, and mm -hmm. they've come from 101 different countries, and they've started about 800 companies themselves, yeah. but they've also yeah. sent me many, many deals, thousands of uh, opportunities. And then we've got Meet the Drapers, which is a show. In fact, I know this is a sport, a lot of sports people listening. We've yep. had both Joe Montana and Ronnie La on the show oh, as yeah. uh, guest judges. And, uh, and we've uh, had a, uh, an amazing success there. We have 12 million viewers uh, and wow. we're expecting 30 million viewers for our next season. That's and amazing. that has also generated great deal flow. Uh, and then my profile is pretty high. And that um, and being on shows like this, now you're going to know when you're an entrepreneur, you go to Draper for venture money. Well, we know we have lots and lots of startups in sports and tech, mm -hmm. and many of them are looking for investment. So, and you know, they're, they're brilliant entrepreneur, uh, just like what you've done with your university. So, when, when you're looking to invest in any startups, what are the top things that you're looking or what a decision factor? Is it the management team? Have they done it before? Is it the, the unique product and positioning? Uh, what, what is it that makes for you, hey, I have to invest in this company? I, I don't really care if they've done it before. Yeah. I do care that they're sort of, that it's meant to be for them. You know, like this is what they were, they've built their life to do. Yeah, um, it, I, I think that that that's very important. I think their dedication to the concept, are they going, you know, I have to read into them. Is this going to be 10 years of their life? Uh, yeah, because it's certainly going to take that long. I think you're 100% um, right. But then the other part is that um, I look for uh, markets that are really large mm -hmm. and currently the incumbents in those markets are monopolies and they are or oligopolies and they're providing bad service. I and, see. you know, an example of that was the banks before Bitcoin came along or yeah, yeah. the drug companies today mm -hmm. or governments themselves. Governments are, are monopolies based on their real estate. Uh, and I think governments are ripe for some, uh, transforming uh but so you look for industries like that where um where it has a monopoly and there's an opportunity there to wedge into that marketplace where currently bad service and high prices prevail uh it's a great time to uh, to get an entrepreneur started in an industry like that so that's the market then we look for, is it an interesting technology that yeah. could permeate a lot of different industries? I always like that. Um, and do they have some access to the end user so that they can keep selling the end user things? Of course. I, I, I have no problem with a biz, business to business opportunity. It's just if they can go through the business and use the business as customers to get their own customers. That, that leverage is usually quite valuable. So lots of things go into a decision. Uh, it's, a, it's still an art, even though we're working on creating AI for venture capital, but it hasn't happened mm. yet. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some of those AI platforms, like you said, to, to uh, I get vet investment opportunities, right? It's, it's still yeah. in the early days, um, but it's interesting. Um, so, you know, you talk about uh, Bitcoin. So there's been a lot of talk and activities, right, about the space right now. Uh, it's funny, I was watching, uh, there was somebody who made a comment that uh, also in the NFT space, so crypto and NFT space, a lot of the uh, celebrities, right, from Serena Williams to uh, other celebrities are, are, they're taking down their NFT based profile on Twitter. And people were like, well, why are they doing that? Uh, but what, anyway, so what is your take on the state of the crypto and NFT market right now? Okay, they're very different. Um, yeah. Crypto uh, <clears throat> is, uh, is taking advantage of a, a new technology and the new technology is the blockchain. Yeah. And that blockchain has enabled this amazing currency called Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, but that blockchain is also enabling smart contracts. Yeah. And the blockchain keeps perfect records. So that's beautiful for like, you can have a whole business. In fact, I want to have a venture fund that's that where I raise the fund all in Bitcoin, I invest it all in Bitcoin. Everybody, all the entrepreneurs pay their employees and suppliers and all, all in Bitcoin. So and the whole everything. thing is a walled garden where yeah. the accounting, the auditing, the bookkeeping is all taken care of on the blockchain automatically. Hmm. That is coming. But, um, and the deal between me and the entrepreneur and between me and my investors the LPs is all built in into a smart contract so that that contract uh, prevails and uh, and we don't have there's no dispute it's just that's the smart contract it's yeah. all built into the software so I think those are major major breakthrough technologies now NFTs allow since this blockchain keeps perfect records yeah NFTs allow people to say okay, I'm going to put this thing on the blockchain and it is going to be a one-off. There's only going to be one or there are only going to be a thousand board apes or there yeah. only going to be, there's only going to be one of these pieces of art and yeah. we're going to make 20,000 reprints and that's all. And, uh, and that has been um, a great thing. And so it did create sort of a hype around NFTs. Yeah. And, and uh, hype usually comes up in a little, you know, little jump, and then it it's the Gardner it hype cycle, back, right? The Gardner hype cycle. Down. Yeah. And then and then it becomes even more valuable than anybody ever imagined because people come up with new applications for it. So we've we've gone through um, a couple of these cycles with Bitcoin, where it kind of came up in a hype thing, 2017. It hit. 10,000, then it came crashing down, went to about 4,000, came roaring back up. And, and people, each time people come up with a new use mm -hmm. for Bitcoin, there's another rush of interest. And, uh, and so it, it keeps riding this wave and, and eventually those uses are going to be prevailing, uh, where my belief is that uh, people won't want dollars anymore. They will want Bitcoin because they're not going to want a currency that is inferior. Um, yeah. They're going to want a currency that is 
dynamic and, and moving forward. And Bitcoin is the dynamic currency and the um, fiat currencies are inferior. Um, and they're tied to governments and politics and whatever, inflation, all those things that yeah. Bitcoin is not subject to. So I believe that we are, um, we're in a downtrend uh, in cryptocurrency, but that will probably wash out the cryptocurrencies that shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's right. And the big, the big winners will, will, um, will show with the next wave. So I suspect that Bitcoin's here to stay and probably the top 10 are here to stay and then maybe some of the others. Um, but um, with NFTs, people got all excited about them because you could do interesting, fun things with NFTs, like a celebrity could have their fan base click on it, buy an NFT, and that NFT could open and the celebrity could sing or whatever dance. That's right. Um, and that's exciting and it's fun and that's something that's a one-up for a fan. So mm -hmm. it's specific to that fan from that celebrity. And that's the real value of it. Well, um, that's only the tip of the iceberg for NFTs because NFTs are going to be, your healthcare records have to be permanent and they're one of. So you're yeah. going to want your healthcare records on NFTs. You're going to want your diploma, your driver's license, all that will be on an NFT. You will hold that all in a wallet. Your NFTs will also include like, what art you own and what other things you own, real estate, your mm -hmm. title to various real estate properties, your stocks, your whatever, they will all be held in NFTs. And so I'm a big fan of Ledger, the company Ledger. They, yeah. they store all, they will store all your NFTs. They'll store all your cryptocurrencies, all your assets. So think of NFTs as a way of, defining and identifying and storing assets and and they will know that since it's a non-fungible token um if if i own a, a painting um i know and i own that nft i know that you don't own that same painting that's right it's very unique to me yeah i mean to you. yeah so there's some real value uh, you know, Hermes it wants to make sure that the owners of purses are the are specific to those owners, and then if they turn over, um, the uh, the issuer of the NFT can actually take a commission the next time it's sold. That's right. To. Yeah, very true. Um, so there are some really interesting things that can happen, and it's really only limited by the imagination of the entrepreneurs. I think you're right. So, and uh, you, you touched on the different use cases, right? For NFTs, but um, so I know you touched on that. But in, if you had to summarize, which markets do you believe the crypto and NFT space could have the biggest impact, and why? I mean, like I said, you touched on some of the uh, with some examples, but well, um, in in the case of cryptocurrency, it's currency. Um, yeah. Bitcoin is going to uh, be the currency of the future, and I don't see a future for the dollar, the peso, the yen, the, I, I don't see a big future for a currency that's tied to the government when yeah. you have a currency that is open, transparent, global, cross-border, 
you know, it, you know, keeps perfect records. You know, it, it, that's a pretty powerful currency, keeps perfect records and each piece of currency is that, or the record of that piece of currency is kept. Mm -hmm. You know, people say, oh, criminals use these currencies. Well, that's baloney. Yeah. The criminals are getting caught using those currencies. They're, they're much, it's much easier to catch a criminal. Who's oh, because they, you can track the traceability, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a criminal, you should be using cash. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Much more, much more, you know, flexible. Yeah. In that way. I mean, mm -hmm. much more anonymous. Cash yeah. is more anonymous. Um, and then with NFTs, I think it's going to start with art as it has. Art, music, literature. It's going to go into science. I think it will be, it, it will take over the, uh, what a patent is. I think it'll go into, um, I, then I think it will be in record keeping, go into healthcare. Yeah. Um, it might go into insurance, mm -hmm. you know, keeping perfect track of everything you own. Yeah. I, it, there are going to be a lot of fields where NFTs are going to be important. Right. Um, and maybe including sports, right? So in sports. In sports. Uh, so tennis, oh, yeah. Right? I, I think it's the equivalent of owning a, you know, Willie Mays rookie card. That's right. You know, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Uh, you you can do a lot of interesting things for your fans in sports. I mean, the Warriors, the Warriors, just where you are, they launched their first NFT collection during the playoffs, and that unlock you know a picture with Clay Thompson or a, a boat ride, you know, in the Bay Area. I mean, a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of benefits, but that's tied to loyalty programs and rewards, right? So, yeah. So I think fans, fans are going to eat them up. I think they'll love NFTs. You know, maybe you open one and, and, and people love little surprises. So you, you can buy an NFT and be, a, you know, you could be a member of the, the Draymond Green fan oh, yeah. club. Yeah. And you can click on that thing and every once in a while there'll be a Draymond Green He'll come on and he'll say, you can do it. Winning's yeah. the only thing, you know, I didn't yeah. learn anything. I just learned how to win, you know, or whatever. And it could mm -hmm. be, or it can be him dunking or blocking a dunk or stealing a ball or firing up his teammates. I mean, those things can sort of show up as surprises for fans who might mm -hmm. pay a monthly to do it. They might yeah. pay, you know, you know, five bucks a month just to you know once in a while hear something from or see Draymond Green do something cool I think you're spot on I mean it's again it's tied to the, the membership loyalty program right because all those clubs they're struggling they want to get more recurring revenue right so the NFT kind of unlocked that right it's another way to do it um, yeah and you could you know it's interesting you could Created for you know the way tops baseball cards created a baseball card for each player. You could create a model for every one of those uh, athletes, and each athlete could have their own NFT fan club, and that fan club it, it could operate just the way the board ape you know yacht club operates. 
it's like, hey, if you're a part of it, it's a big deal. And so yeah. people could say you you could set it up so that like I look, I want to pay, you know, five dollars for my Draymond Green fan club every month. But then I want um, my next one to only cost me four dollars and then the next one maybe three dollars. Mm-hmm. And so that I can be the fan of, you know, 20 of my favorite players. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And in fact, you know, there's this one company called, there's a couple, one is called Sorare. It's a French NFT company. Serena Williams invested in it. They raised $700 million, 700. It's almost wow. unheard of for a French company. That um, is a lot of money. That's a lot of money, right? So Serena is on board. And Pape, you know, the French soccer player from PSG is part of it. I mean, they just signed a deal with the MLB in the U.S. Uh, so they're trying to compete against Dapper Labs, right? Dapper Lab, which is a company that built yeah. the uh, NBA top shot, right, for the NBA. So right. you see those unicorns, stop unicorns in the NFT space, right, for sports. So like you said, it's, it's going to be a lot of use cases, a lot of uh, applications for that, right? So, um, so, uh, so... My next question is, you know, where do you see the uh, the NFT and the crypto market evolving in the next 12 months? So if let's say you own a cryptocurrency right now, should you, you know, uh, hold on to it? Uh, and because of how, how do you see the market evolving in the future, in the near term? Depends on your cryptocurrency. Yeah. I wouldn't hold on to just any cryptocurrency. I'd hold on to the ones that you, you think are going to be here when the tide goes out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. They've all sort of traded the same. You know, when when one goes up, they all go up and one goes down, they all go down. That's because yeah. people are um, really buying baskets of them. Yeah. But there are some cryptocurrencies that have just been orphaned. And then mm-hmm. there are some like Bitcoin that have a huge following and a lot of people behind them and they will be the first currency anybody uses to buy at retail and they will be the biggest yeah um and and so i look and i say well that's a better i think that's a better bet and that's where i'm making my bet is on on bitcoin and a few of the other ones that are good specialty coins that that have a real purpose and a, a good solid group of engineers behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Twitter, right? And Elon Musk, and, and I'm sure you know Elon Musk because you invested in many of his companies, Tesla and SpaceX. What is yeah. your take as a, and you're an investor in Twitter, right? So what is your take in what's happening at Twitter right now? Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. Jack Dorsey is a free speech guy. Yeah. And he believes in free speech. And somehow he got moved to start believing. Maybe he didn't believe it, but um, he must have felt a lot of pressure from his team or the people around him to start muting free speech. That's right. Start putting, uh, putting muzzles on people. Mm-hmm. Or even blocking people completely. I mean, yeah. not a president blocking a president from free speech. And why do you, so you think he's got pressure? Um, so he must have been yielding to a lot of pressure. Well, Elon saw that 
we were losing a lot of that free speech, which is actually why he's moved his team from California to Texas, because California is where that muting is taking place in a big way. And it's a bad thing. Mm. Um, we really need everybody to say what's on their mind and say any words they want to say and uh, allow other people to say, look, I don't like that word, or you probably should use a different word, or how, you know, I, I don't believe the same things you believe, because that debate becomes very powerful. And that's why America was so great for so many years. It was that we had free speech. It was the First Amendment. It was free speech. Allow right. people to say whatever they want, even if it hurts people's feelings. We used to say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, look, if you're going to use words, sure, they're powerful, but it doesn't mean you should limit your word selection. You should be able to say whatever you want. And right. actually, that's why there's been, you know, that big success, unstoppable domains, because those domains, people on those domains, people can say whatever they want. And meanwhile, Facebook and Twitter have been putting clamps on people oh yeah and that those clamps make people not feel free and if you don't feel free you're not going to innovate you're not going to be an entrepreneur you're not going to try new things because you're too afraid to say anything i mean the algorithm, so the algorithm on facebook will block you basically um yeah you'll be I mean, the algorithm is set up to block people that they don't agree with, which is ridiculous. Let everybody say whatever they want to say and yeah. let the crowd decide whether it should be upvoted or downvoted or whatever. Anyway, Elon looked at that and he said, well, I want free speech. And yeah. so I and then he looked at his pocketbook and he said, I can buy Twitter. So he's going to buy Twitter. But um, now the market just went away. And so he's probably looking at his pocketbook saying, well, I'm not quite as rich as I was. Yeah. And Twitter didn't quite have the following they said they had. Yeah. So we can probably cut a deal that's much cheaper. So that's what he's trying to do. That's what Elon is trying to do. Yeah. Um, makes sense. So uh, speaking of Elon Musk, right? So you invested in SpaceX, Tesla. Uh, so I'm sure you know him pretty well. So in, in your opinion, what makes Elon Musk a unique entrepreneur? I think he, he is out there thinking for himself. And he is not allowing the, the noise of the world to slow down what he's doing for the world. Mm -hmm. He also has a voice in his head saying, we've got to save the earth or we've got to get off of it. Yeah. And... So he's doing everything he can to make the world better. And, you know, Tesla's done a great job to get us off fossil fuels. Yeah. And then if we can't save it, we want it to be able to hedge humanity. And so he's getting us to Mars. So I think the guy's extraordinary. I think he's clearly, you know, obviously one of the best people we've ever had on the planet. And, uh, and he's um, incredibly bright and fearless and he goes after what he thinks is right. And hey, he's been right a lot. And he also puts everything behind what he does. It's complete force. 
Yeah. There's no hedging. There's no room for, you know, whiners or sitters or people are pulling the sleigh backwards. Uh, he's he's just saying this is the way the sleigh is going, and we're we're going to make something great happen here. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, he's not afraid of taking big risks. Uh, you know, it's like I don't I don't mean to say he doesn't take no for an answer, but he's not afraid of. If someone telling me, I don't think you can do this, it's not possible. I'll say, look, I'll just go straight at it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? I mean, the governor of California, you know, made a lot of bad decisions around the time and he was locking everybody down. And Elon said, I'm not locking my factory down. Yeah. So take it or leave it. And the governor backed down. So in the, in the, the, the laws of the land, it said, you know, if all factories have to shut down except Tesla. Except <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> I mean, the guy really, I mean, he's got he's got guts. He stood up to the government and the government backed down. Yeah, I mean, and, big, yeah. And he was right. Oh God, he was so right. Well, I'll tell you, man, we're in New York. I live in New York and and they shut down a bunch of stuff when with COVID and uh but uh and then you have some other states they were not doing that florida right was not shutting down everything yeah. so, it turned out that the turned out that the virus spread exactly the same no matter whether you shut down wore masks it made no difference and and president xi in china clearly yeah. hasn't read the data because if they if he had he would he would not have shut down shanghai uh, because he shut down Shanghai and all of a sudden, you know, big part of the world's supply chain shut down with it. Oh, my God. I mean, that guy's terrible. made a lot of bad yeah. decisions. That, that may have been his worst. I mean, I, I think to that point, I mean, all the major OEMs in the world have been affected by supply chain issues right now. So it's, it's impacting mm -hmm. everybody. Right. So it's, it's mm -hmm. been tough. Yeah. So, uh, but look, we, we, uh, we are at the end of the interview, but I want to thank you for your time. I know you're busy. So. I uh, really appreciate your time today. Great conversation. Terrific. My pleasure, Julian. Thanks for having me on Upside. Right. Thank um, you. It's funny. Upside was the name of a magazine we started, and it was the first periodical for technology ever. Was it? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, was, yeah. So you've, you've taken on a, a, a good baton. It's, um, yeah. Anyway, to all you sports guys out there, I'm a big fan. I used to play under Coach Walsh at Stanford, so I know. Very nice. Very nice. Great, great team. Yeah. Thank you.